This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. We're now on the final day on the countdown. So day three uh, of tricks, and uh, we are here actually early morning for for a convention like this. It's what nine thirty. Uh, approximately, yeah. So uh, that's why it's like, kind of quiet right now. But I've got Joe Daniels with me, and he's one of the dealers and also one of the people behind uh, Trick. So good morning, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you, Scott. <laughs> Thanks for uh, for helping with the rest of the Slight Club in hosting this thing. It's It was a lot of fun. That's why I came last year. And this year you had 30%, you said, were all new people? 40%, 40%. 40%. which is unheard of. But mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful having that many new people exposed. So. And I had mentioned uh, on the podcast last evening, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like a large percentage were women uh, this year, a lot of uh, young ladies that were here. We, we have had terrific representation, and I think part of that is down to how much uh, Slight Club members like Tiffany Allen and Lauren Cohen mm-hmm. have contributed and are contributing in the magic mainstream. I, I think they do a wonderful job representing our brand and certainly bringing in uh, new females uh, to to sort of get an idea of what it's like to to be among equals and to sure. be treated as such because uh, there's a lot of dinosaurs in the industry that that mm-hmm. uh, still aren't quite awake. So. <laughs> That's true. Slowly going away, but uh, and the others coming in, it seems like, and uh, making for a thriving new kind of world, you know, for us. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, speaking of which, that, of course, you and I have been uh, seeing each other a lot more this year. It seemed like it be <laughs> quite a bit, before. Yeah. There's so many different conventions and everything. And so you're one of the dealers here then also with Arcane? What Arcane Relics uh, and Chris Sipes. And uh, I, even even at a sleight of hand primary convention, uh, a little bizarre tends to crop up every now and again. <laughs> As it should, uh, a little bit. And uh, the uh, dealers, they have how many, what, about 12 people or so, eight or Ten, how many? Actually, we only have nine this year, oh, and it's okay. it's been a good fit for the room. Last year, we had so many that we had several of the dealers in an overflow room, and a lot of people don't expect two dealers' rooms, so that always works against okay. certain dealers. And I I, uh, I think we've got a really diverse group, and there's no standard uh, uh, general magic dealers here. Everybody has a very specific thing, and uh, it seems to complement the convention very well in terms of the diversity of our talent. When I was talking with Scott Robinson on the first evening, he was telling me about how they had to do a lot of scrambling because some people had some other obligations or something came up, or for whatever reason, quite a few people had to be swapped out that were not originally booked, and the talent is tremendous that he got that replaced these people. I mean, it was great to begin with, but it's equal what they what he got. Did he come to you and other guys, I guess, on the committee and say, hey, can you help me? You know anybody? Or what do you think? Have you got a contact? Or how did that work? Are you involved with that? He, he always uh, solicits Slight Club's advice, especially with, with a last-minute cancellation, which thankfully does not happen often. But sure. Scott's reputation in the industry is such that the minute he was in need and a call went out, of course we found mm-hmm. good people because he is connected with every magician on the planet and, mm-hmm. and he's so well respected. Mm-hmm. He really is. He is. And it, yesterday was really great and I'm looking forward to today. You know, one of the people I haven't seen at a convention uh, very often is, and there's some of the people you do see fairly regularly, and I, I say like David Regal and Gregory Wilson, to a degree. I mean, they're not 
regular regulars, but more often than Jackie Yu. Jackie is going to be here tonight, and so I'm excited about seeing his lecture and performance. It's the first trip he's made to the Carolinas, and we're really pleased to have him. And uh, just an immense creative talent. His mm-hmm. his social media game is so strong, it's almost unprecedented in magic. <laughs> well, and that helps also. Oh, absolutely. Do you think there are some people who came just to see him? Oh, absolutely. Yes. He, he has spent some time actually touring Charlotte because, you know, this is all new to mm-hmm. him. That's why and, I didn't see him yesterday. And you, you didn't see him most of the convention, and then when he showed up last night, you, you knew who the inst, quote-unquote Instagram <laughs> magicians were because they just surged around him, and he yeah. could, they wouldn't even let him sit down. He literally stood in the lobby for two hours. <laughs> Well, I saw him on the first night uh, when I got here Thursday mm-hmm. and uh, chatted briefly and said, we'll talk uh, later tomorrow. And then he was gone. As you said, he was touring around. Then last mm-hmm. night, couldn't get near him. <laughs> no, I, it, but it was it was amazing to see. And clearly, a lot of the younger magicians just idolize him because mm-hmm. the amount of fan boying and girling that was happening was shocking. I don't know if you know Lonnie Chevry uh, or not, but Lonnie in, uh, in, in Texas had uh, actually sent me a text. He said, I heard, I'm so jealous that you're there. I said, Jackie Yu is there. And he said, he is one of my favorites. Now, Lonnie is one of my favorites. And, and, and let me say, for those of you who don't know Lonnie Chevry, I'll just give you one quick story about him. And he was, in his lecture, was teaching this uh, dollar bill trick. And I had showed that to Johnny Thompson. And Johnny said, that's the best bill trick I have ever seen. Yeah. You're going to have to teach me this when we go off. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, the point is, yeah, the guy is great, and I'm excited, as, as are a lot of other people. Oh, absolutely. And so typically on Saturday nights, they have the public come in. So how does that work as far as does he sell tickets or just tell people, hey, we're going to be open, or how does Scott advertise that? Well, f- this is our 13th year mm-hmm. uh, doing tricks at, at this hotel, and there were even a few years before that, before Scott actually took over running the convention. And uh, we have always uh, – made sure that we pre-sold at least 30 seats so that the primary audience that's right around the magician in the principal area uh, are are lay people because sure. their reactions Reaction. to magic are very different because you, you can definitely tell when it's an all-magic crowd because mm-hmm. when a really good move or, or that special thing happens, you know, we tend to applaud or gasp at the wrong moment, and it, it'll throw a seasoned performer's timing right off. <laughs> and they, they love coming here because you get the most natural, just awestruck reactions. And for the longest time, Scott would say, okay, guys, it's time to start selling tickets. But now we've been doing it for so many years that they were practically sold out the day he had the tickets printed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to him and said, okay, how many tickets can I get? And he's like, we're we're completely out. Wow. yeah. That is saying a lot about this. Now, the, the people who typically come, it seems like they were from school or hospital or different people who were associates or people who worked with some of the guys. And I guess the Slight Club was the one selling the tickets. And so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them, uh, some of the Slight Club spouses, like Minka Taylor, Bob Taylor's uh, wife, she works at a school, mm-hmm. and her principal, his nickname is Stump. That was and Stump. Was Stump life, yeah. is the perfect audience <laughs> member. He, he uh, is as genuine. I, I cannot remember the name of the fellow that was on all the L and L videos that I was know just exactly who you're talking about. that was just astounded with everything. <laughs> what is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Has such genuine joy yeah, exactly. in magic. And we were told Stump wouldn't be here this year. And then yesterday he had moved heaven and earth with his schedule <laughs> and canceled like a principal's conference yeah. to be here. Yeah. So we're delighted to have Stump back tonight. 
There was a lady also sitting in the front row, uh, Andrea or somebody, I can't remember her name, but she was an assistant also, and it helped. And yesterday, actually, she's been called on several times, and I could see why, because whatever somebody does, I mean, her jaw, it, it couldn't be closer to the ground. No, no, <laughs> Amanda, 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 and she's she's actually married to a Slight Club member. You'd think she would be used to this stuff by now, but she's amazing. And what what's more, she's gotten bitten by the bug, and she's oh. she's actually learning some yeah. magic and has has remarkably moved just through some stuff that's really knacky. So yeah. I, I hope she never loses that genuine joy that you see when she watches someone. Perform. One last question. Since you've been coming for so many years and been involved intimately on this, I'm sure from year to year there's a different vibe and kind of up and down as every convention kind of seems like, you know, there's – this year – well, last year was fantastic. That's what brought me back. It's like, wow, there's something going on here. I want to be part of this. And I feel that same thing this year. Is there something or somebody perhaps that – I mean, like at the 4F convention, we have a um, most valuable performer, you know, mm-hmm. an award. And so uh, and you don't do that here necessarily because there are so many people who contribute. Or do you? Actually, to? we do. Oh, okay. We do. We, I don't know if you remember him because he, he did frequent a lot of Southern conventions, but there was a fellow by the name of Woody Landers. Oh, I remember Woody. Sure, of course. And Woody was the guy, if there was this knacky slight that you just reading, it was like, <laughs> what is this, Woody? And Woody would just make it look easy. And mm-hmm. then he would spend hours showing you if necessary I mean he was the most giving guy and tragically we lost him way way too soon and we do the Woody Landers award which is a picture of Woody inside an impossible bottle and Mm -hmm. I actually make the award and uh, because uh, again Poe inside a bottle is a big part of my own show Mm -hmm. and Scott's like could you could you put Woody, like in a bottle, because we both treasure the memories sure. of, of us when we were younger, learning from him. But we do that, and that is voted on by the entirety of the convention. Well, all a these piece of paper. Yeah, you, we hand out ballots, and it's, I'd forgotten it's, that last year. It is uh, given to the person that has made the convention the most special to you. The only the only uh, rule there is you cannot nominate a slight club member mm-hmm. because we're the organizing committee. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Scott would have probably won half the awards hands down because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. does so much. The other award is Beam's Baton, which is presented to the best trick that any of us have seen. Hmm. And uh, that one is generally voted on by Slight Club and it's this gorgeous handmade wooden wand that Ivana Evans does, and that's Celeste Evans Stoller. As a suggestion, you might slip that into the minds of people since you're emceeing some of these uh, shows, uh, to say, by the way, for you new members, you may not know, or new registrants. That's a great idea. Yeah, that uh, you might be thinking, don't let this slide by. You know, think about who you saw yesterday, who you're going to be seeing today, because we're going to be having a vote on these two different awards. So that way they, they actually have somebody in mind. They're not just sitting there just seeing the last person they saw. Of you know? co- I, I, honestly, that's a great suggestion. I'll make sure Scott does that before we start the session this yeah. morning. Okay, and speaking of the session this morning, before I let you go, that uh, the first one up today is... Is? Our guest of honor, Steve Bean, from uh, here in North Carolina, and Steve, boy, you just you cannot watch this man without busting a gut laughing. He is one of the funniest men in magic, yes. and uh, the only thing that is more impressive is that he can take these hugely procedural tricks, especially card tricks, mm-hmm. and make them so entertaining. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yep, mine too. He is hilarious. <clears throat> and uh, I was going to talk to him a while ago, but he was getting—he was on the elevator getting ready to leave, and I didn't want to interrupt because I thought, well, we need to chat just a little bit longer, certainly, but also he's preparing for this lecture. And then we have some other people coming up today as we talk about Jack and you later today. But anyhow, as the go, day goes on, we'll be speaking with some other people, but I just want to sit down, Joe, with, for you, with you for a minute and uh, kind of get a little 
perspective, I guess, from your inside as an organizer to let the rest of the people kind of know what they're missing out on, and next year they should really register early. Absolutely. We we normally shut off registrations at about 160, and we've found in years past Scott doesn't even have to announce who's coming. Mm-hmm. It, we will sell out regardless. And one so year you actually did that. We did. We did. We It was a, for our 10th year we decided to make everything a total surprise. Yeah. But, and it was uh, still... Sold out. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Much like Magic Live was, I guess. Oh, yes. All the time. Joe, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Fun time. Always good to see you, my friend. Well, it's wonderful <laughs> to have the Magic Word Podcast represented here. Thanks for coming back. You I bet. really appreciate you it. You bet. And so with the Magic Word Podcast. That was Joe Daniels. This is Scotty out. Before the C-Beam lecture begins, uh, I want to chat with someone here who was on yesterday's bill. Not only gave a lecture, but also was part of the Insights, which uh, talked about the Carbonaro effect. And uh, he's just got a ton of material, so much so that we could have gone, we could have still been here today talking about your stuff. My wife doesn't want to talk to me about magic, so I come here and I see see friendly people. People are interested. Well, well, at least they pretend they are, so I just don't shut the hell up. <laughs> and that's the voice of David Regal. Hey, David, so glad to see you here this year. Good to see you, as always. It's a lot of fun at this convention, and you've been enjoying You've been every place. I mean, you've been around. You've been very accessible and uh, sharing. Well, uh, this convention, and it's not the only convention that has nice people, but there are sure. nice people here. And uh, I came here maybe 10 or 11 years ago, and I remember having a particularly good time. Mm-hmm. I uh, met Harry Anderson. I never knew Harry Anderson, and he was at this convention, and... And, and unless, unless I'm misremembering, in which case I'm just saying something stupid, because Scott will say, Harry Anderson never been to this convention, but I seem to remember him here. Yeah. Uh, and just remembered having a great time. Everyone's uh, kind of mellow. It's a convivial atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's not a weird sense of you know, people strutting their stuff. It's people sort of mm-hmm. coming together and having a good time. And a lot of, uh, what I find great, are a lot of young people who are very creative and they're sessioning all day and night, which a lot of these no, intimate commercials, adventures are like that. We have to get rid of the young people. <laughs> the idea is to get rid of the young people. They're ruining things for the rest of us. They've got all their hair, they're thin, they've got skill. We need to get rid of them. Oh, damn. <laughs> Uh, and so you had brought a few things, and you had the last couple of books. Are you going to complete a trilogy? Do you feel like this is almost undone? I mean, I can't imagine because everything is in there. Much, by the way, not just the tricks, but I love the essays about your friends and everything else you wrote in there. I think that's the part of the goal that people don't realize that's just like an, an extra bonus, you know, for well, your book. I love the process of uh, talking to these people and asking them, mm. you know, hopefully things they hadn't been asked a thousand times before. And since it took me a while to do it, it took me about five years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a weekend I've got to contact all these people. It took me about five years, and some of it I did outside of my own country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end result was some of these people have passed away, and like David Roth had this amazing interview because of him, not because of me, but mm-hmm. he just started uh, saying things I never heard come out of his mouth. Uh, and some things I had heard come out of his mouth, yeah. but a lot of things I hadn't. And Eugene Berger, I'm talking about people who have passed on since I, I interviewed them. Eugene said something that was both sweet and provocative. What was that? Well, I don't want to say too much, but it's about... Uh, By the book. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it like that, but uh, about when someone does something that you disapprove of. Mm-hmm. This is my theme music. Whenever I talk about Eugene Berger, <laughs> yeah, <I'll pull> <laughs> I have a team that follows me and plays the Eugene Berger theme. Uh, when people do work that's not good, what do you say to them? Mm-hmm. They're doing work. They've asked for What do you say to them? And his response to that, 
angered some people. Didn't anger me, but it's very interesting. It was really purely Eugene's voice. And basically, he said, when the choice... Because he compared it also to his own relationship with his parents and the choices he made in his life. It was more personal. Well, it was very personal at the end. Because we were talking about magic, and I said, well, you know, someone asking for advice. And he said, well, it comes down to being honest or being kind he opts for kindness so that's a controversial thing to say but what a Eugene thing to say it is perfectly him yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so I was really happy to be able to talk to these people and some interesting people and some interesting things came out of their, their mouths and I'm glad they're preserved well, I mentioned a third book, and also... Stop with the third have, book. We have had have COVID you, for two years. You've yeah. had nothing to do. You were blocked in, you know? Well, I, you know, I started doing a column for a genie every other month with some material in it, and I'm, I have no intention. Writing a book is just too much work. Oh, I know. But if I did this column for several years, there'd be enough material, and some of this material in, that's going to genie, uh, I kind of love, and not because it's recent, because I think... Maybe I'm a slow learner, and as I got older, I, I just understood things a little bit better and could tune them up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not embarrassed for stuff I've done, but I think <laughs> the stuff I do now has a slightly different flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I like a lot of the stuff I'm putting into Genie. Now, as far as the Carbonaro effect goes, that's been eight years, or how many years did they actually do that? This is the Carbonaro theme. That's Stop right. the name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's off the air now because we did five years of it, then COVID happened, and it's the kind of show that requires seeing the face of the mark, and masks are the antithesis of seeing the face of the mark. So that they were talking about doing another season right up to lockdown, but then lockdown happened. Right. And so uh, with that, it hasn't been rejuvenated? I mean, now we're kind of slowly getting back. Are they talking about getting the band back together or anything? I don't think so. Michael's got a very uh, strong touring career. At least you guys know each other. That was close. That was close. I almost spilled my coffee because a beautiful woman bumped into my arm. They think they can do that. Young people and beautiful women. We have to get rid of all of them. They feel as if they are (laughs) entitled. Um, (laughs) But Michael has a fantastic career touring now, and, you know, the show, we're, we're all That wasn't his show. original plan. He didn't want to do TV in order to launch his personal tour, or it just, it just of, evolved. happened. Yeah, I think it evolved, but uh, I, I have to imagine he wanted to do what he's doing now, and doing the TV show, which had a lighthearted end result, everyone that worked on the show will tell you, it was an ordeal. Michael will tell you that, anyone on the team will tell you that. It, it, it does seem like everyone's dancing through the daisies because the end's very funny and Michael's so brilliantly uh, lighthearted. Yeah. But it's actually a, an immense amount of work. And only because the whole team loved magic, yeah. uh, it worked out. Because basically we were pushing things pushing lot, yeah. to, make, to make that show work. And so uh, I think Michael deserves all the uh, success he has as a touring, you know, celebrity magician or well-known magician because he's, to me, the most fascinating thing about him is, yeah, he's great on the show and his ability to 
throw away the magic. And by that I mean not act like a magician. Yeah. Because in the context of the show, he cannot be perceived as a magician. Because if he is, we can't use the bit. Right. <laughs> we, we just wasted the day. And I thought it was amazing when you said there yesterday about how then every season, every episode, and how many tricks you have, like eight different uh, bits in a half-hour episode or 20 minutes or so, not one card trick in any of that. Yeah, or, or a trick that really is a card trick, but we're doing it with cheese slices. Slices, yeah. It's no card tricks. Yeah. And Michael, when he performs live, and he'll do 2,000-seat theaters, his, his personality... Is expansive. That's what drives the show. Yeah, and it's it's kind of the opposite of what he does on the TV show. He's very charming on the TV show. Mm-hmm. When he performs in front of uh, a I've lot of it. people, yeah. it's not like he becomes artificial. Mm-hmm. He feels You feel like you're there with him. You feel like you're spending time with Michael Carbonaro, not some guy running through a bunch of tricks. He really breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking, again, like Chris Angel had Mind Freak, and of course he had parlayed that into a big Vegas show, yeah. and uh, and had been touring with the Supernaturals, and, and, and other, had on and off success yeah. with his live things, but, but the point is with Michael, uh, he was filling in for Penn and Teller when those guys were in Australia yeah. recently, so yeah. he may have some opportunity in the future for a Vegas show. I don't know what he wants to do, um, but... Uh, but he has the opportunity to do it because... He has the ability. He really has the ability, and uh, he's kind of perfect as a you know a live entertainer because no one, no first of all, the, his audience is, is the world. You see people, teenagers on dates, and you see families, and you see every color, you see everybody at his shows. And so when I say perfect, I mean. You just like this human being, and he delivers a show. You can't pigeonhole him in any kind of a... And you don't, you don't leave going, oh, we didn't get a show. Yeah. You got a real show, and you feel like you spent time with someone. Like, my big regrets are that, you know, when I didn't have... Uh, when I was getting early uh, early in my career, I didn't have a lot of extra money. I didn't see people like Frank Sinatra. Oh, it's 100 bucks. I'm not going to spend 100 bucks. I could have seen Frank Sinatra. Well, you know what? I think people that see Michael Carbonaro alive... They, they're going to keep that because it's just a good time. Mm-hmm. And you feel like he's a friend and he's spending time with you. But that's 2,000 people feeling that. Yeah. So, uh, and I have nothing to do with his live show. So it's just uh, really impressive to see him modulate that yeah, I think way I remember one time live. when he was in Houston, and uh, I saw you were just sitting in the audience. <laughs> there we go and chatting for a while. You weren't behind the scene like with Matt Schnick and the other guys. I mean... No, yeah. no. I'm... Uh, I'm a huge fan of Michael's, and I've seen him in all these different venues. And most people aren't as strong in every venue. I'm not saying he's the only person that can do that. I'm just saying it's a rarefied ability. Yeah. So you've been enjoying this convention. We're going to wrap this up over here, but this has been a great convention. Had a lot of fun. We were talking about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, total fun. And uh, late at night, everyone's sort of hanging around, telling war stories. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for everything that you've contributed. Uh, your books are great. Uh, your tricks and everything. And I love the clear box. What was that with the, uh, the clairvoyant? Clarity box. Clarity box. Yeah. I've been using that for years. And other kinds of things I've got, you know, with your uh, pen, uh, the magnet. and Oh, yeah, gosh. Just very clever you guys. You gave the uh, secret away, so we're going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to. Look, into that the, look at this red light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Scott Wells. <laughs> with David Regal. <laughs> Okay, thanks very much. That was David Regal. Scotty out. 
So before Steve Beam starts his lecture, I thought we'd talk a little bit with Michael Blumke, who is one of the registrants right here and is also a winner of uh, close-up contests at the IBM. Hi there, Michael. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So do you come to the tricks very often? Uh, yes, every year. Obviously not 2020. I think 2017? You've been here like since the first one. Yeah, not the first one. 2017, I think, was my first one. Around that time, maybe 2016. Yeah. I think it was 2017. Well, this is the 13th one, you know. So. The 13th total. Okay, so I've been here for... I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm almost past the halfway point of <laughs> I've been to more than, than I haven't. Now, I mentioned that you were a winner then also at the IBM, and that was in Atlanta this last year that yes. you had taken? Yes, that was, was in close up? July. Yeah, I did, I did the close-up contest. Is that junior or senior? Because it looks like you're kind of on the border. What are you? Uh, no, you're 18 I am, or? I'm 26. 26, okay. So you I have was, a young look yeah. face. Ah, oh, I hate oh, you. thank you. <laughs> young looking my, guy. You look I have a terrible complexion, which makes you look like a high schooler with bad acting. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you have all your hair, and it's dark, <laughs> and that's one thing I admire. <laughs> so I, I was uh, I was at the convention, and I saw most of the acts, but I don't remember what what did you what was in I performed the Cups and Balls, although six other people before the cups and balls that narrows it down mine, yeah. <laughs> mine uh, had I used toy robot claws to kind of grab rather than now using I remember with, rather than using it with my hands I was pulled out these ridiculous plastic claws and I was yeah. moving the cups with those mm-hmm. and uh, it was something different yeah I wanted to do something that was absurd and ridiculous mm-hmm. and kind of a joke and kind of parodying the cups and balls but also actually being a good routine mm-hmm. so it is still the effect it's not just one big joke I do actually do the effect and there is magical moments a lot of people were fooled by it but it's also a huge joke and I like that balance that I was trying to go for do you think that would be something that would be good enough to uh, try to fool Penn and Teller and be on their show or not fool them but I was talking to Brent Braun last night and mm-hmm. I always say that I'm very worried about getting an inflated ego so I don't want to be like I want a contest I'm yeah. going to go and fool us. Yeah, yeah. But I've had people make comments about it, and it is original. And I was like, Brent, is this something that you think? He said, I believe he said, you know, if I work on it with him and shorten it up, because it's longer, he needs, right. needs to be much shorter for TV. To shorten it up, clean it up a little bit, he said, about 90% chance I, he can get me on TV. So he said, very, very likely I can get on Fool Us. Wow. 0% chance of fooling them. Unless I come up with something genius, which I'm not going to bother with that right now. Maybe if I perfect everything and I have some time, sure, why not brainstorm? But as of right now, it's basically just cups and balls. But it is very original um, a lot of humor and also it's it's TV so as right. much as I want to do it for magicians and for Penn and Teller I'm the network I'm doing it for the audience the, for lay people and lay people don't know cups and balls they're going to be amazed and completely fooled by even the base, most basic routine I think that's what they're looking for exactly that's yeah. what Mike Close would probably say we've got I, I, they, they try to minimize cards but he said yeah. still people are coming in but they've only had like about 30% cards they have like anything else because everybody comes to them with cards so if you have something original and unique yeah. whether or not it's going to fool them in fact Michael at the last minute might say, well, if you switch this, this might fool the boys, you know, or something. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and you know, I'll always brainstorm that. But um, right now, I think the uh, getting on is the big thing. That's what everyone says is. It'd be great to fool them, but getting on is, is the big thing everyone yep. says. What about AGT? Have you ever thought about auditioning uh, for that? People make comments about that. A lot of late people make comments sure, about that because I mean. you can do kind of a. I feel like you can do kind of a not a very good card trick, and people think like, you should go on America's Got Talent. But even still, people make comments about that where. If I got on Fool Us, then I think that would be a much more reasonable, like, maybe I could try to do this. And especially working with Brent. I know Brent does a lot of stuff with Fool Us and AGT, and he's, I think, coached and personally mentored the guy who won recently and is doing something now. So um, I would definitely reach out to Brent again, because I've heard nothing but great, great things well, about Brent him. Brent is work. the guy, I think, yeah. as far as consulting goes for, for television, and I would highly recommend him. So you were hooked up with the right fellow. Another one comes to mind, of course, would be uh, talking with Gay Blackstone about Master Delusion, possibly. Because they're always looking for young people and something yeah, unique. Yeah, and, and honestly, I'm at the point now. Now where I am happy to take literally anything. <laughs> I 
am very recent. Like I was, I I've come to this convention enough to start recognizing people and get a little bit of just recognition, just from simply familiarity. People started to know me and kind of just my style of stuff. And then I won like one or two smaller competitions. And then the IBM is the one that really was like, okay, now I kind of feel a little bit more legitimate. Yeah. So now it's like I I really want to keep the momentum going and going foolish and going all these things. So Master of Illusion is something that I haven't. Um, thought about or talked to anyone about specifically, but I would be 100% on board with trying to do something like that and, so, and reaching out. What are your goals or aspirations right now as far as next year or five years from now? Uh, so right now, as I said, the, the number one thing I want to focus on is fool us and mm-hmm. see if I can do that. So I'm putting all my time and energy into my cups and balls to clean that up as, as best as I can. So I believe the it, uh, uh, auditions should start very soon and then filming would be in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to do that. I want to try to get to 4F in uh, mm-hmm. April. Um, no, no chance of that. Because it's the 50th and everybody's trying to get in. Oh, I mean, they've got a list longer than my arm. So I'll, ha- I'll have to Maybe reach 51. out. I'll have to reach out and try to play the I won the contest <laughs> card. But if I can't, then next year, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, long term, it's just I just want to do it all. and become. I, I really love magic and I want to, I guess, be the best that I can be and really... Doing it full time? I don't think... And if I ever got to the point where I could easily make a ton of money doing it full-time, then sure, why not? Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't think I want to do it full-time. I'm still trying to build up a, a solid side hustle and do it semi-professionally. And I like think restaurants and stuff? Uh, I don't do a lot of restaurants. I don't have the luxury of turning anything down too much right now because I haven't done a lot of gigs and I'm still very new to the professional world but um, what I like doing is I want to do more like shows like here's my hour long sit down scripted set start to finish Um, but I have done some kind of walk around you know here's a little cookout type area with people mingling and go walk around do that kind of stuff I've done some of that in a a couple of shows so um, I haven't done restaurant stuff and um, I would be interested in kind of that's very new to me so I, I have not yet but um who knows? There we go. Well, Michael, thanks very much. Good talking to you, and good luck to you, too. Yeah, thank you. You, too. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, I, uh, those of you who are listening out there, wish him luck, and perhaps we'll be seeing you on Thulis this year. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> that was Michael Blumke. This is Scotty out. Thank you. Uh, so, we just completed the last, le- well, last lecture of the afternoon, I guess it is. No, it's not. we got one more, but Jackie, Jackie Hughes coming up. Yeah. Well, we just had uh, Gregory Wilson, which was fantastic. I'm sitting here with Rick and Susan Wilcox. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Thank you. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> so, did you guys drive or fly down from uh, the We were Bell? going to drive, but we, we had just been here in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and we drove down, so we decided to fly. Okay. Yep. So you were in Atlanta? Were you performing in Atlanta then, or what were you doing? Visiting friends and family and taking a little time off. Yep. Just okay. having some fun once in a while. Because <laughs> your season ended when? In September? In the uh, Wisconsin Dells? Our last one was in the end of October. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And how many shows do you do? I mean, were you still I working mean, like six? Not necessarily ended. We still have some in, in... We have some in November and December, but not not on a regular basis. And you have the holiday shows, too, don't you, that you yep. normally do? Yep, right around Christmas time. Because yep. I remember I thought you had like the appearing uh, fireplace or something. Is that right? Uh, for autographs. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where we would appear through the, the fireplace. Yes. yes, right. But now we're doing actually something a little bit different. After the show, we come out and we uh, we, stick, we stick we take questions, so people can ask us. So, how many things have happened over the last twenty five years? We have so many stories, so it's different for us every night. Yeah, and it's, we give the audience, you know, we answer their questions with some real fun stories. Do you do that out in the lobby or from the stage? No, we from do it right the from the stage. 
It's great. It's uh, we had the idea because I knew Carol Burnett did it years and years ago, and during COVID, we wanted to still um, talk with the audience, but we didn't want to sign autographs at the time. And it's just become really great. Even now, we we've continued just answering their questions. It's kind of like a VIP uh, a VIP uh, Experience. experience for the customers, but. You know, we don't charge anything for it, and we right. enjoy it, and they enjoy it, and right. they tell us how much they enjoy it. Some people say they enjoy it just as much as the show, which is great. <laughs> so, obviously, the question would be, what are some of the most interesting questions that you've been asked? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people ask, hey, has, uh, has anything ever gone wrong? And, you know, of course it has. And so we have many, many, many stories of things that are funny. Your best story uh, being what? Oh, well, uh, Oh, story. gosh. You know, we've fallen off the stage together, together at a corporate event. Both? Oh, Both yes, of us together. Have, <laughs> yeah, because the stage wasn't as wide as what we were used to. Uh-huh. And so we do this little uh, choreography thing, and then uh, it just wasn't as wide. And when I went to catch her, I was stepping off the stage, oh, and wow. we both fell off. Yes, yeah. that, hurt. that was our first trick. That's how we started the show for 2,000 people. Uh, another time was kind of funny. Uh, this 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 particular uh, incident, we were uh, entertaining for Chick Fil A, and in Miami at the Fountain, Fountain Blue, Blue, and a huge audience. And uh, I was doing the guillotine trick, and I smashed my finger down on the on the stocks, and it got stuck in between, and uh, my fingers immediately swelled Middle up. Finger. Middle finger swelled up. And from there, I had to go in, and so the audience, I think they saw that. Maybe they didn't, but I just pretended like it didn't hurt, Mm -hmm. but it did. Uh, Next effect I went into was uh, Daryl's three-rope routine. And so I had to do this rope routine without the use of my middle finger. So my middle finger, and this is a Christian organization Mm -hmm. uh, that we were performing for, was sticking straight up. The whole time? <laughs> While I was doing the rope trick, I was giving him the finger. Oh, my. And <laughs> I had to explain to the audience, excuse me, I, I smashed my finger on the... Well, then from there, I went into... Uh, we Wakeling do some, song. The Wakeling song. And uh, sometimes we do little costume changes in between. And so I did a costume change. Uh, I don't know if I changed my shirt or whatever I did. But when I was doing the the... The Wakeling sawing, I cut Susan in half, and they had the big IMAX screens, so the cameras were zooming in. And uh, Dramatic moment. Right, dramatic moment, because I opened the doors, you know, and show that she's, I split it in half, uh, and they're, they're zooming in. And the routine before, because it hurt my finger, I didn't zip up my zipper. Oh, okay. So they're zooming in. My fly is wide open. I, we hear the camera guy saying, Go switch to camera two, switch to camera two. You know, and I look in the cameras and the audience is laughing. And, oh, gosh, that was, I mean, just one we, thing after another. Right. So we have dozens of stories like that when the audience asks. If anything messes up during the show or yeah, I'll, they have all sorts of questions. Well, that's a good idea, I think, after the show, because it really endears you even more and personalizes you and humanizes you, I guess I'm trying to say, yeah. you know, that way then as well. Yeah, and f- so a lot of times they'll say, well, what happened, you know, Did does anything, anything ever go wrong, go wrong in the show? And we say, of course, almost every, every night. Show, right. <laughs> what went wrong tonight? We say, we tell the audience tomorrow what went wrong tonight, right. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> For those of you who are listening, by the way, you might be thinking, okay, well, who is Rick Wilcox? Well, Rick, of course, has got, I say, of course, has had a show, uh, he and Susan, up in um, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Dells. For how many years? This now? is the twenty-fifth season. This will be our twenty-fifth summer coming up. And you have your own theater that yep. you had built and developed. I mean, you'd, and continue to uh, improve on that. Also, every it was an amazing showroom. Every year we try to fix it up yeah. and do something something new. Five hundred twenty-five seats. And that you've been the number one on TripAdvisor for years, right? Yes. 
Yes, we have. We got some great reviews. <laughs> since about 2010, yeah. since TripAdvisor opened, really. When you stop and think about how many things and attractions there are, particularly around in and around the Wisconsin Dells, and for you to consistently be number one is just amazing. So that's congratulations well, on that. Thank, thank you. you. There's still a lot of people that haven't seen the show. And, and they need and, to come and, to see that. And they're coming to see it. Yeah. And they're way out of my way to see it. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. And it's nice that they say, you know, I can't believe that all these years we wanted to come and we finally came and we're sorry that we didn't come sooner because mm-hmm. and we'll definitely be back which is nice to hear very nice so but yeah we're excited about this year we have a couple new things that we're working on um and just talking about them are exciting yeah. but uh, performing will even be better and another thing is the fact that uh, you guys are illusionists and this is a close-up convention and i remember when, like when we first started talking at the 4f convention that was one of my first questions i was asking you said yeah. what are you you're a stage guy what do you do but then of course once i've seen your show and you had the big screen i mean you're awesome <laughs> you yeah. have great skills with close-up as well as well as not just a, a passion for it but you do it all very well too. oh thank yes. you yeah rick was doing some tricks for a couple guys last night at this convention and they said oh you're not just a stage guy he was doing the feral shuffle and they go oh you're not a stage guy <laughs> yeah no I, I did close-up before i did stage the reason i got into stage is because uh there were bigger audiences and they didn't they, I couldn't. They didn't have the screens back when I was doing it, you know. So, uh, so I had to learn this the stage, and then just more and more people. You, so I was just prepared to do whatever. So, but I still do the close up. I still do the trade shows, and I still have a close up show that we do, and uh, I still get hired to do walk around magic. I still and, love close up. Still learning close up every day. Every day, every always day. working on something. So is this your first convention for tricks, or have you been here many times in the past? Scott has been asking me to come to this convention for years, mm-hmm. and finally I said, I'm coming this year. And he goes, yeah, right. And here we are. <laughs> this is, so this is your first time this year, yeah, then? Yeah, first time. Yes. Okay, so I, that's why I'm glad we're talking, because last year, same thing with me. Every year he's always saying, hey, you ought to come. Yeah. Last year was my first year, and it's like, I'm coming back next year. And I'm already coming back. I'm registered for next year as well. So, yeah. So what are your thoughts? I think it's a great convention. I love all magic conventions, and when there's good magic, it's, it's hard not to come back. I think the format is really good because it's a smaller convention mm-hmm. and everybody's mm-hmm. really has been very warm and welcoming and for me I like that we can we're sitting outside right now it's yeah. great and usually a convention is in a big ballroom and it's hard to get outside and have some fun you never know this time of the year up here, and I say up here, it depends if you're in Florida, wherever, you know, as far as being in Charlotte, because there have been, from what I was talking with Charlie Randall, he said in years past, there has been snow and ice, and you can't walk outside, it's freezing cold. Oh, I don't know, climate change, things have changed, and, you know, it seems like perfect fall weather, as you say. We're sitting outside. I had lunch sitting on the veranda in the sun yesterday with Dexter Cleveland. I mean, it was just nice and sunny, and uh, here we got a little bit of overcast, but even still, it's probably, what, 74 degrees? I mean, it's perfect out here. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's a nice place, convention. nice location, a lot of fun. Uh, what have you? seen or done, I'll ask each of you this question, uh, either in the lobby or someone performing or lecturing that has impressed you so far? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we just saw Gregory, Gregory Wilson. He's yeah. always a favorite. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, he I mean, he's, a, he's, yeah, he's an awesome pleaser. performer in all of his magic. Gregory Wilson stuff is, yeah. is just, you know, awesome. And, and when he comes to visit us, which he's come several times, it's you know he, he's usually passing through to the last time he came he said I'm just passing through I'm gonna stop over and see the show mm-hmm. and he ended up staying for four days because we started <laughs> talking about magic and brainstorming and yeah. and he just has so many ideas yeah. and they just yeah. you know we 
next thing you know, it's dinner time. We're at dinner. We're just one o'clock, and then you know we're playing ping pong. And the next day, we're <laughs> we're uh, working on more tricks. And mm-hmm. he's just come up with some really fun ideas yeah. for us. And some of them we haven't tried, but some of them uh, I'll just tell you one, which was an awesome. It's just an, we do it in the show still. Not every show because we do different shows uh, to keep it fresh for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Even this last summer, we had two different shows. The audience doesn't know that, but to keep it fresh for right. us. We do that. Well, one of the one of the shows that we do, we do the floating ball. Which is, uh, I was who, about to say, my favorite. You show me the floating ball. Yeah, it's a great trick. It I mean, is. It's and you just so well. cool yeah. to see it live. But I wanted to have something more. And when I showed it to Greg, he goes, it's a great trick. But he goes, you got to try this. At the end of the trick, explain to them. You know, because I explained to him, I said, sometimes how a trick works is just as good as the trick itself. But in this case, how it works is as good as the trick itself. And, and you can explain to the audience that particular situation mm-hmm. and explain to them how it works. And you say, and then he said, you, t- you tell them that it's, uh, it, it's the music. It puts them in a hypnotic trance. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it doesn't allow them to see what really happens. But I'm going to take you out of the trance. I snap my fingers. I take the audience out of the trance. The music starts again. And we go back to the, you know, because at the end of the trick, this thing, the ball floats into a box. Right. So the music starts up again. Music comes back on, and then the box opens up, uh, and somebody from the back behind the mylar curtain comes out dressed up in a mylar curtain. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. And they go in, and they reach in, and they float the ball up in the air. And, you know, it's so ridiculous, but it's so funny, visually funny, of this person picking up the ball, and the audience thinks, no, you know, could that be? And, you know, the audience just, loves it. It's oh, super it's just, funny. They are just laughing out loud. So it's just, it's such a beautiful, cool trick that fools, fools yeah. the heck out of people. Yeah. And then they get to laugh. Which I love because I love I love right. the entertainment the, part. The other performer I really enjoyed, who was really tight, it was Terry Ward. Oh yeah, he yep. you he's know so he, he's such a pro, and he's got it all figured out in the moves and his hands and his character, and and he fooled me. Yeah, and he's yeah. just uh, you know, he's been doing it at Disney what, for thirty years, and mm-hmm. um, now he's working somewhere else, and he's he's just honed his routines. Right. And if you ever want to do the shell game, I mean, he's the guy. Yeah. And so I was lucky. He was teach, teaching him, teaching right out here. He was uh-huh. uh, going over to that with me because I'd like to learn that. I'm always and his classic to learn for, force is so good. Then also in, in yeah. his routine, I mean, yeah, he's got it all down. Well, listen, thank you guys very much. Always good to uh, chat with you and uh, spend some time. And uh, glad you're enjoying this as much as I am and everybody else. This is fun. Thanks, yeah, Scott. You bet. <laughs> so the Magic Word Podcast. That was Rick and Susan Wilcox. Scotty out. We just finished the afternoon show. I was just talking, as you just heard, with uh, Rick and Susan Wilcox. And I'm here with uh, someone who was a performer. I should say we're going to be a performer tonight. He's, he was also a lecturer, and he was also in the Insights as part of the uh, event, which is kind of like a little TED Talk thing, which talked about how to get a standing ovation. Here he is, my friend and yours, Boris Wilde. Hey, Boris. Hey, Scott. Good to see you again. <laughs> and you as well, here in the United States. I think last time when we were in Paris yes. for, for my birthday last year. Exactly, yes. And I'm <laughs> happy to be back here at Tricks because last year I couldn't make it. Borders were still close to me, but here I am back after three years. So glad to see you and my friends. And now that you're married, is uh, Tiffany going to be moving over or what's the status on Yes, that? that's the status. Yes, yeah, she'll be moving uh, in January. Mm-hmm. So yes, we're both performers, so we're going to have lots of work to do in November, December. So 
moving is not you know such a big move especially it's not the, it's not the best moment of the year to do it in November or December but uh, yes that's that's the plan she's going to move to France so yes you got work here and you got work over there so you're going to be still apart for a month or two while you're performing or are you both in the same place performing well, yes well, we're going to uh, I'm still going to perform in the US of course and uh, now she uh, we just came back from France where she was performing and I was emceeing the big, the big stage show yep. at the French National Championship the National Convention so for like there were like a thousand people in the room yep. so that was a that was a big thing so and then she was performing there so that's great because now people could see her perform in France and the plan is that she's going to perform our show too so basically yes she's going to perform in France and still in the US I'm still performing in France and I'm still coming to the US <laughs> to perform too so we're going to, to now travel together and just perform uh, you know places and for those who don't know that Tiffany does a Georgia magnet type of routine in which yes, the, yeah. absolutely yes Tiffany and Georgia Wonder and yeah she has um, this wonderful act that is unusual so that's well, also in France something that they've never seen before right so um, it's it was it was really cool well to introduce I mean, it yes. yeah. oh yes absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I do recall I apologize we actually were in Quebec I forget for FISM my gosh oh yeah that's true we see I mean there's so many I mean there's so many places of course there was France there was Quebec and no, it's Charlotte. I mean, that's, can't keep track know. of all the places, you know. That's, that's world right. travel uh, life. That's right. <laughs> now, this convention is a lot of fun, and uh, this is not the first time you've been at Trix. Yeah, no. it's uh, the, My very first time at Trix was in 2017. That's where I'm at Tiffany, Tiffany, of course. <laughs> a coincidence. Uh, yes. And uh, no, so I've been, yeah, I've been coming, like, pretty much every year until 2019 2020 was cancelled 2021 I couldn't make it because borders mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I'm back here in 2022 and happy to lecture and MC the show tonight that's going to be fun somebody asked me about uh, where Tiffany is from I said well she's from Charlotte so I thought that she lived in Virginia is she from Charlotte or Virginia just to yeah, correct that she's right? originally from Virginia that's oh, where okay. her family and that's where she was born and then she moved to Charlotte I mean she was like in North Carolina and South Carolina sure both right but yes absolutely <laughs> but she moved to Charlotte also yeah. because she's part of Slide Club yeah. and that was just a little easier also for work and to be closer to uh, to the club and so, so for tonight's show you're going to be emceeing show that's kind of cool yes uh, you know well, you do know who else is going to be on the bill yes so tonight we're going to have Terry Ward and then we are going to have Brian Sane from Charlotte and then it's going to be Gregor Wilson from Los Angeles Michelle Watt from Montreal, then uh, David Regal, so from LA, and Jackie Yu from Vegas. So that's wow. the six performers. So that's going to be a pretty solid lineup. That will be. It sounds like we may still be here tomorrow. <laughs> uh, probably, yes. I mean, yeah. And who will complain? <laughs> Nobody. No. We'll be here until after midnight and we'll still be wanting more. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Not to mention the sessions after, yeah. after night. Yeah. And this is going to be great because, again, they open it up to the public and they sell public t- uh, seats in yes. there. So. Yeah, that's a lot of fun for the performers and uh, that's a we, what, that's what happened also at the National French Convention Natural last weekend, reaction. yes, because yeah, there were like 700 magicians and 300 uh, lay people, and tonight I think it's going to be, you know, going to be less people, of course, like 200 people, but um, like a nice uh, nice percentage of lay people, so we can have like the genuine reactions, and you know, we know we enjoy I want to ask just briefly for you to 
summarize what you'd said about the how to get a standing ovation. And, I, and, and, and to say that, to, to me, one of the things was not to ask for it necessarily. Oh, yes. But it's, no. it's, the, it's, it's throughout your whole show. It's not the end. It's something that you kind of build up and you get a sense for. Yes, exactly, yes. Uh, I, had, I did this talk in the inside about standing ovation because I've been really studying those techniques for a long time. This is the, Those techniques are studied by all performers, like in theater and everything. Uh, the idea is not to be like, oh, I have a standing ovation just to have a standing ovation. It's just also because if you are booked somewhere and if you manage to have a standing ovation at the end, of course, the person who booked you would be super happy to see, you know, that everybody is just enjoying their time up to a point that, you know, they want to give you a standing ovation at the end. So I think it's it's good. Uh, also, it's also um, nice to talk about that topic because most people will be like, okay, so whenever you finish with your show, what do you do to get standing ovation? Like, yeah, you don't do anything at that time because it's too late. That's right. <laughs> you have to work from the beginning of your show right. just to think of okay well it sounds like it's a nice crowd and it's a good yeah. night good atmosphere and if I have good energy I feel like I, maybe at the end I can end up with something you know that would be that can you know, lead to a standing ovation if they, if they enjoyed it and so so yeah I was just talking about what you should do during your entire performance to prepare the, the people and like giving them signals and just basically giving them the permission to stand up because it's not something easy to stand up in a, in a theater and it's not something natural. I mean, you're, we're all sitting, watching in the right. same way a performer on stage, right. and suddenly, why would you want to, you know, stand up and just clap? And and most people would not do that. They would be afraid just to be by themselves or just like two people only and be like, oh, oh, all right, okay, I'm sitting down again. Um, but no, it's just create that wave effect, so you get like a full standing ovation. But there are like there are techniques, honestly, to yeah. do that. And actors in theater plays they sort of work on that because they want to have great reviews you know the next day in the newspaper and then be like yeah well they all get stunning ovations every night blah 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 so as a magician that's something you need to work on too like just like any other performer and that was written up in the third edition yes. of the tricks thing absolutely right? yes the third uh, book of tricks convention has just been released Tiffany wrote it mm-hmm. uh, so that's uh, that's great that was uh, a good project for her and yes I wrote a full essay on sending ovation in the book and uh, so I hope yeah people would just so they're available that. if you want to write me I can put you in touch with Scott Robinson or just get in touch with him directly and he can absolutely get the, I think was it uh, Chris uh, Chris Hager? Hager yeah Chris Hager just uh, you know released it uh, also Wondercraft. published it yes yeah, wondercraftcars.com maybe that's the place to go exactly yeah. yes so uh, yeah if you're yeah, ever interested I mean yes good contributions for like performer I mean I, t- I told earlier you know the list of performers of the show tonight so it's pretty solid lineup and everybody contributed to the book so you're you're in for a treat if you get the book. Yeah. Do you get a kind of a feeling then also that this is like a early kind of 4F type of a convention as far as being a family and young people and creativity exactly. and the vibe? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, we have like, I heard that like lots of newcomers here this year, but also like friends I know that I've never been to Tricks before. And uh, and they were like asking me before about, oh, you know Tricks, of course, because that's where you met Tiffany. Yes, of course. Oh, do you enjoy the conferences? That's probably one of my you know all-time favorite conventions with 4F sure. because it has, it has the same family vibes mm-hmm. as 4F it's like people it's not it's big enough so they're like we can fill the, the room here but it's small enough so you know everybody's name and you can you know spend some time sessioning at night etc unlike some conventions where yep. at the, after the last event everybody go back to their room and that's it but here no it just 
magic all night, very friendly, and that's something that you know you food. can. They don't have any free beer, but they got free sodas. Yeah, and cookies exactly. And yes. And pizza and everything. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that's also, I think, a reason why people like to, you know, stay in the lobby and, and session and talk because it's just like 4F. I mean, that's this family spirit that you can find here and I think that's why Trix is such a, a popular convention, yeah. Yep. You guys all think about registering for next year? Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. It's fun. Thanks. I appreciate this. Of course, Scott. Thank you. Always good to see you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So, for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Boris Wild. This is Scotty Out. Trix 2022, the 13th edition, the purple edition, <laughs> it's now history, and it's over. We started off the uh, convention talking with your organizer over here, Mr. Scott Robinson, and I thought it would be a good way to kind of do a wrap over here with him as well, now that you're taking a deep sigh of relief. I, I am taking a deep sigh. <laughs> it is over, and uh, I thought it was good. Oh, it would be on good. This was, uh, there were a couple people I talked with who were first-timers. So you said there were, what, 40-some people? There was 41 first-timers And this year. so I, I talked with a few of those, and uh, they said, oh, I'm coming back. Oh, that, you know? that's what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, that you, repeats matter. And right. I, I think the quality was so consistent uh, of mm-hmm. the lectures were right. so consistent. I thought we had enough special things mm-hmm. that we did from the, uh, the thing you posted with uh, my friend Billy Hake with his story yep. to, yep. The, to the, the tricks new tricks deck and things. So I thought we had some, a good mix of uh, you know what you would expect and a well, few unknowns. It, it, and some other things were unexpected to me. I mean, the cookies, I thought, uh, you know, they were very special uh, yeah. with the uh, Trix logo. Yeah, so we have, yeah, we have some pins. We got those pins yeah. that were Trix pins. Yeah. And my wife decided to get cookies made How cool with that? the logo, with, of that logo. So yeah. I, I thought it was a, yeah, cool touch. Yeah. And, yeah. Plus some other things like we talked about from four after four where you kind of get some food and you did have food, you yeah. know, and you had sodas and everything yeah, for us. Yeah, we did so Pizza. We yeah. did, you know, we had we had breakfast in the morning yeah. and all that stuff. So very cool. Well, this afternoon we did have uh, Gregory Wilson's lecture, which was great for those of you who have it seen Gregory in the past. He is just his excitement and his enthusiasm. Uh-huh. You know, kind yeah. of whether you've seen his show or not. I mean, he's yeah. still selling out everything yeah. he brought. You yeah, know? <laughs> it was it was it was great. It was, you know, you're set there and you watch people, mm-hmm. right? That you know have seen them before, right. have seen a much bunch of these folks before, mm-hmm. and just the amazement and the excitement mm-hmm. and you know watching magicians be childlike for That's a little right. bit is great. And then mm-hmm. Jackie, you then also did. Well, a great Jackie, job. you crushed them. Yes, right, didn't he? He bookend this this year for me because I saw him first of all at Magi Fest uh-huh. and now bookend at the end of the right. year, you know, seeing him here. But wasn't so. it interesting seeing him in such a close environment? Yes. You know, it was, uh, I just thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, literally, I was feet away from him there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, that's what I love about this. It's so intimate. <laughs> You're right there. Yes. You know, we have lay people that come to the convention. On, they don't come to the convention. To the they come Saturday on, show. They come to Saturday, but we have some that come on Friday nights because oh. they know we're going to be out in the lobby doing magic. Oh, really? So they come and hang out and I drink wine that. and stuff okay. and spend the night here and then come to the show the next oh, day. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Didn't know that. Yeah. Speaking of tonight's show. We had Boris Wilde, who acted as our pilot. Yeah, it was it was awesome. <laughs> he basically took us on a magical trip yep, uh, from airlines. city to city, yeah. and it was great with sound effects. Yes. Yeah, music and sound effects yeah. when everybody was brought in, and the people who were on the bill. Let's see if I can try first to remember. Was, Terry Ward was first. Uh, yes. 
I don't have enough. To, can, can I talk about Terry a little you, bit? I was going to say, please. So Terry won two awards this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give out a number of different awards. One is voted on by the members here, uh, yeah, everyone attending. Uh, we most call it valuable the, performance. Yeah, well, Woody yeah. Landers we call it the Woody Landers most valuable uh, participant, uh, and people vote on who makes it special. Mm-hmm. And Terry, Terry by a landslide. By a landslide. No, it's never that way. Mm-hmm. It was a landslide. Uh, and then I found out through the grapevine that Terry was doing good work during COVID, helping other performers who were out of work. And he was out of work at the same time. And he was putting together care packages, making sure people could pay their rent, making sure people could wow. were eating. And I heard about that and decided we, we do something called the Shine Your Way Award, which is our award to, to try to highlight people doing real human things for other humans, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he won that as well. And, uh, yeah, me, me and my wife were so happy to give it to him because that's, that's just not stuff you hear a lot, Yeah, right? It was great. Is that Shine the Way Award something that you and Janice, your wife? Me, and, Jan- me okay. and Janet put together. So okay. it's always for people that have done something for, for the community, others, or, For the community. Yeah. Sometimes it's individual. But they've stepped outside of what they have to do. And they did something because they they wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then Steve Bean was a guest of honor, and and we, uh, uh, yeah, we recognized him as well. So we had Terry Ward. Then we had who was second? Sorry, it's a blur to me. Nope, I understand. Uh, Uh, Brian Saint, local guy. That's right. Yep. And uh, yeah, he did a a great job and was very interactive with the people and his telephone call and everything that he made that was fun. Uh, And then I think it was uh, Gregory Gregory Wilson. Wilson closed the first half. Yes. Uh, doing his con man right bit. Yeah, his, his, yeah, yeah. his con man show. Yeah. So it wasn't magic and cards and everything. No, it was, it was yep. different, and yep. the audience loved him. Right. Then we had a little intermission. Yep. And then we yeah we had a chance to uh, go to the President's Club and break like we yeah, would. You know, you when, you're, when you're on a, on a flight, you know, yeah. and you have a layover someplace. Yeah. So during a layover, we went out and had a cocktail, came back mm-hmm. in, and then uh, we started off with Michelle Huat. Exactly. Yep. Fantastic. Very commercial act. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The... The regular audience absolutely loved them. Yeah, yes. they fell in love with them. How? Uh, and uh, who was after that? Uh, David Regal. How can David I forget Regal. David right. Regal? <laughs> and David Regal, that prediction thing he did, yes, which was a comical deck type thing, was really good. Really, uh, are you talking about the one where they had the four people? No, where he oh, put they, the, oh yes, yes, yeah, okay. where mm-hmm. he put that with the hole punch yes. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys are going, what the heck are they talking yeah. about? Um, but he basically was had a card selected, right. and then he had a hole punch, and then he, they had uh, this lady wear it around her right. neck, basically. And, and signed, she signed the back of it. Yep. And then he had another guy select a card, and the card, he, apparently they were all the same card, but then the card he selected the same McConnell. Was a different, like McConnell. Yeah, yeah, so he had a different uh, card. He said, wait a minute. And then when he went over, the card that he had punched was hanging around the lady's neck that was signed was. Yeah, and he uh, never came near her. Never came near her. Right, it was right. great. It was yeah. great. I was, I was kind of surprised. And yeah. uh, then closing Jack, the show was Jackie, Jackie U. I don't know what to say, man. My, first, my wife loves him. Yeah, yeah, she's like that is the best. He has an infectious laugh. He doesn't is he? so infectious, yeah. and his magic is uh-huh. so know, original, it's, creative. It's he takes these things we know, like an egg bag, yeah, and twists the heck out of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, everything he did was great. I love his blinking ring routines. I just think it's yeah. mm-hmm. it's great. It was, it was a, the uh, ninja ring kind of ninja ring with some, a few. Mm-hmm. Jackie U things yeah, thrown right. in, but it was fantastic. His lecture was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the show was good. Overall, uh, just a whole great weekend package. I think that uh, everybody had enjoyed, and there were a lot of little different things that you had added, as you said, that kind of were unexpected along the way. So it was just a, uh, a lot of fun. 
for everybody, all the uh, registrants. Awesome. You know, so, so good job. Thank you. And, <laughs> and also the Slight Club, all the guys who help they, me. Gals they're work, incredible, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're incredible. <laughs> so um, you coming back again? Since I won a golden ticket. Oh, you did. You must. And <laughs> I am coming yeah. back next year. I got a golden ticket. That's the only reason, it. Scott. No. <laughs> no. I was, I was uh, going to line up with my money. We were one of the first people to say, well, hey, I got a ticket. I'm coming back for sure. So, awesome. Yeah, of course I'm Man. coming back. Thank you for all the support. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Glad and that we can help with Magic Word. And I hope that uh, as people are listening to the word, that they will also think about uh, coming I, back I next year. I hope they do. You know, it's a difficult weekend because it's the same weekend as the uh, Daytona Magic. And uh, Nemka was having the Yankee Gathering. So yeah. there was a lot to choose from. But that so. one's every other year. I oh, it's so every other year. I think the the Yankee gatherings every okay. other year is what Steve told me. Okay, because he was Beam was wanting to go, mm-hmm. but he came here, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, come on, you'll come. We'll give, Okay, we'll make you the guest of honor if you'll come. <laughs> yeah, and me and Harry's convention are so different. Yes, they're, they are. That's not, you know, it's very different. Mm-hmm. But I know there's a lot of collectors and historians that would like to go to that. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll call me up and we can talk about how to make it good for all Funny of us. thing now I think about that, that all three of those are on the East Coast. Yep. And so we had a lot of people who were regional. I was talking to the fellow who was sitting next to me, and he only drove like 23 minutes to get yeah. here or so. Yeah. And others obviously flown across the country yeah. or like yeah. Boris all the way from yeah, France. Yeah, we, we had a bunch of people from California. Is that right? Yeah, okay. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think we had over 12 people from California, mm-hmm. which is for 160 people, that's yeah. a large percentage for it coming is. that far. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. And uh, were there many from Canada aside from Michelle? or uh, Two from Canada, counting okay. Michelle. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Overall, yeah. The international convention, international <laughs> there stars. You go. We can say that. That's right. right. Not just a regional convention yeah. anymore. You guys are nationwide and worldwide. So again, Scott Robinson, thank you guys. Thank you. And thank you, Scott. For uh, putting it together and got to give Janice, uh, your wife, a big hug and a big thank you for uh, everything, putting up with all this yeah, and the that, time it's yeah. taken for you to do yeah, this. Yeah, she's thing. a big part of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. Right. So for the Magic Word Podcast and from Charlotte, North Carolina, from Tricks, I think that's a good way to wrap up. That's my buddy there, Scott Robinson. And so this is Scotty's out. Scotty's out. <laughs> <laughs>